Hello whenever you're listening to us i hope you're staying safe and doing well i'm hari arakli and today we bring you another edition of our special tech briefings more than 20 years ago manish gupta was an infosys executive when he saw an opportunity to bring the power of digital technologies to the area of commercializing pharmaceuticals he was a bit ahead of his times but he and his four co-founders started indigene to eliminate manual processes and bring a much more science based approach to what was essentially medico marketing meaning helping pharmaceutical companies to make doctors and hospitals aware and familiar with their latest products today indigene has expanded to become a multinational operation serving most of the world's biggest pharma companies it is the largest standalone business in the area of digitalizing multiple processes involved in everything from compliance submissions and checking for safety data to eventually marketing the drugs across multiple geographies and markets needless to say the covid pandemic took the demand for indigene's platforms and services to an entirely different level compressing what might have taken a decade of incremental adoption of technology to less than 2 years of urgent change gupta tells us in an interview on the tech front those at indigene had been building on artificial intelligence and natural language processing long before these acronyms AI and NLP started to be on the lips of every corporate CEO as a result indigene is ready for its next phase of rapid multinational growth to take its already established strong presence much deeper into the multibillion dollar markets in the US Europe Japan and China but also to expand much more into emerging markets including eastern europe and latin america Here's Gupta recalling how he started the company and talking about what lies ahead. Manish, uh, wonderful that you're able to make time uh, to join us uh, today. Uh, welcome to this podcast. For folks uh, who are uh, less less familiar with uh, Indigene's work, uh, maybe you could start with telling us a bit about how you got the idea more than 20 years ago, uh, closer to 25. and that became the idea that became indigene what led to it uh, how did you and your co-founders meet uh, all of you first generation entrepreneurs so just tell us a bit about the story sure sure thank thank you uh, hari first of all thank you so much for uh, inviting me for this uh, podcast it's an absolute pleasure be, to be talking to you and uh, all the audience who is going, who are going to be listening uh, to this uh, podcast so let me uh, very quickly start off uh, with uh, uh, introducing indigene itself right uh, Uh, and then i'll do a flashback uh, and talk about uh, the broad the journey the genesis uh, after that so uh, as indigene uh, we are a health uh, tech solutions provider right uh, with the whole mission purpose of helping uh, healthcare organizations to be future ready right uh, and today we are, we are focused on most of our focus right now is on the life science industry today right uh, uh we f- work with uh, pretty much all large pharma companies a lot of mid sized pharma companies with biotechs with devices and we work with them across the world uh we have close to 4500 people as the last uh, count again spread over the world in offices in bangalore uh in uh, india in uh, multiple offices in north america with princeton being the hub hub right uh, but we have offices in atlanta la toronto montreal uh these are places which we are in north america multiple places in europe in fact two two and a half years back we had an acquired digital consulting firm uh focused on life sciences in europe uh, uh 
but we have multiple uh, offices and presence uh, in uh, Europe. We have uh, a pretty decent size office in China, more than 100 people in Shanghai, uh, pretty much all of them local. And uh, just before the pandemic hit or right that time, we had opened the uh, upper office in uh, Japan in, in Tokyo, right? So we also have a presence in uh, Japan. As we, uh, apart from that, there are obviously small uh, presence in uh, places like Singapore. We are setting up other places in Latin America right now, East Europe, all that stuff uh, is in the work. So that's who we are uh, as uh, Indigene working with the life science uh, industry with the promise to help them bring products to the market much more efficiently and effectively using modern commercial uh, and uh, medical organizations. Right? Uh, we started the company more than two decades uh, back. Uh, there are five uh, co-founders uh, the, of the company, but uh, today we have a pretty well-established outside of the founders, uh, a very robust uh, executive team, right? Which goes much beyond the founders. In fact, I would say a lot of the members of the executive team have been with us for a long period of time and uh, feel for the company uh, as much or probably even sometimes more than what the founders uh, do. So to that extent, we've been uh, privileged to be surrounded uh, by some very, very good uh, people. Going to the genesis, uh, more than two decades uh, back, somewhere in that 1898, 99 uh, period, uh, uh, just um, my personal background is I did my engineering from IIT BHU, did an MBA from Ahmedabad, were working in Infosys, and there was a pretty heady time in Infosys, and I joined just five days after that, they had the ADR issue. And that's when I was thinking personally of that I would want to do something on my own, uh, came across uh, a few people who were my, some of them are my co-founders now, one of them, uh, was uh, a doctor who also was a senior of mine in Ahmedabad, right? Uh, so uh, we got talking and the whole idea was that uh, we thought we could uh, bring healthcare expertise and technology together uh, to solve various problems in uh, uh, for the healthcare industry, right? Uh, what we saw is the technology guys don't understand the nuances of healthcare, right? Uh, and a lot of the medical or healthcare people don't understand technology. So bridge, bridging that is what uh, makes uh, technology adoption itself slow. If you could really bring a, a company which has a solution focused but has these capabilities, you could make a lot of impact, right? Uh, and uh, then we met the remaining co-founders through serendipity, in some cases, new people, all the stuff happened. We got uh, together, started the company. First few years were focused on India. We started with a broad canvas of healthcare industry, but very soon we realized that uh, if you have to build a viable business model, and when I say viable, you know what, two decades back, if you had to build a business, you had to be re generating revenues, you had to be profitable, you're generating cash flows. That's how we started, right? Bootstrapped the company, went through difficult times, but built brick by brick in the life sciences uh, space. Somewhere in 2004 or so, we realized that, you know what, if you want to be in this space, you've got to be a global company. US was 50% of the life science market, uh, followed by five European countries, Japan, China, right? And uh, that's when the uh, we took a call that we will have to uh, become a global uh, company, right? Uh, and in 2005, we acquired a company twice our size in the United States to set up a US base. Organically, we built out Europe uh, and uh, uh, multiple other places like Southeast Asia, Australia, right? Oh, and uh, sometime later in our journey, uh, uh, places like uh, China. Now, somewhere in 2010 or so is where what we, we took some more fundamental calls, which are building on the calls we had taken earlier of bringing healthcare expertise and medical together but they were much more nuanced and focused. And that's what I think laid the foundation of who we are today as Indigene. So we were, taking, we were thinking of how do we grow from here, right? We are a company with 150, 200 people, eight, $9 million or $10 million in revenue. And uh, we said, okay, where do we go from uh, here? And we took a fundamental bet 
the technology is going to fundamentally transform how some of the very important pharma processes are run, namely sales and marketing, which is 25% of uh, pharma revenues, by the way, which means $250 billion, right? Uh, medical affairs, regulatory, clinical, safety, all these things, functions we thought are archaic and technology could fundamentally transform them. And we took a very first principle approach, right, of how do we uh, solve uh, for them. Uh, it so happened that uh, industry went through its own churns, right? Um, there was a, a, a end of the blockbuster era, a lot of patent expiries, global pharma companies under tremendous pressure, and they were looking at rejigging themselves. And as a company which went ahead, took some bets and invested heavily behind that bet, right? For example, in 2010, we invested more than 10% of our revenue, right, uh, on building IEP, uh, which, which was uh, quite significant given that we were also running out for our cash flows. Between 2012 and, and, and uh, 8, 17, we acquired seven companies in US and Europe, all through internal cash flows. Right? So we had really invested heavily behind uh, some of the bets we took and that enabled us to differentiate in, uh, in the market. And uh, that helped us to grow till 2015-16. 2015-16, we started seeing some other trends, right? Uh, which were that the whole conversation around digital tech, which was still in our minds very tactical, right? Um, the way pharma was executing that, that started becoming much more strategic, probably driven out of the success of some of the Facebooks, Amazons, Netflix, and Apples of the world. And uh, when we saw that, that you know what, these strategic conversations are getting elevated to the board level, and pharma companies are fundamentally thinking that how will digital tech change uh, could be a threat for them or an opportunity for them. That's when we said, you know what, uh, this is what we have been trying to do forever. We were clearly five, 10 years uh, before our time. Uh, but uh, you know what, we persisted, built a solid company, uh, had marquee customers all over the world, had uh, had uh, enough and more case studies. It just makes sense for us to double down, which is what we did between 2016 and 20. Double down on our tech investments, double down on our capability, did some more acquisitions, right? Uh, and uh, when the pandemic uh, hit, we were clearly... Uh, already the largest standalone digital transformation company for the life science industry worldwide, right? Uh, in an industry which was just getting started, right? Uh, and uh, we, I would say, benefited from all the investments we had made for so much, such a long time because uh, uh, over a two-year period between 2010 and by the time we end to end this year, 2022, we would have more than doubled our size, right? From every parameter, revenue, headcount, every, every uh, thing. So that's the broad genesis of uh, the company. Happy to answer any questions. I know I took probably more time than I should have. No, no, no. This is all uh, quite useful, sir. Uh, what did you start with when uh, you started uh, the company? What was the main service uh, solution that you offered? And uh, what are your flagship uh, offerings today? So when we started uh, over here, we, uh, as I said, uh, Hari, our initial few years were focused on the Indian market, right? When I say Indian market, focused with working with life science companies or pharma companies, but in India, which could have been the MNCs of uh, uh, over here, but they're Indian subsidiaries, right? And the initial focus was primarily on what is called medical marketing, right? Uh, that uh, pharma would use science-based or evidence-based ways of convincing physicians right to sell their product but many cases uh, they would also be investing in building and developing the market right i'll give you a classic example there are a bunch of uh, uh, diseases or pro or uh, uh, problems which uh, in indian doctors did not recognize right so there was less ability to even diagnose them 
there was less ability to administer the medicine right so we would work with pharma companies to develop programs right uh, which could really first of all enhance the level of uh, acceptance and knowledge in with the physician community itself so that's where that is a great combination of uh, what i said right the medical expertise coming together you would work with physicians the pharma company on the science part of it but then use technology to effectively disseminate this information right uh, over here so that's how we started the uh, so a combination of medical and commercial in the pharma space what we do today is actually uh, much broader much bigger much strategic but it's the same thing right uh, our promise uh, as i said today to the pharma industry is help we help you commercialize right your products or bring products to the market and run them effectively and efficiently using modern commercial and medical organizations right so the genesis or the evolution has been that we invested in building global capabilities right which have multiple uh, parts how do you develop content how do you run campaigns right uh, how do you uh, do data analytics right how do you manage multiple country operations effectively right how could you develop content once use it many times uh, over uh, on the marketing side similarly on the regulatory side right to use artificial intelligence and medical expertise to cut down on uh, your submission times can you use your uh, all same capabilities to increase the probability of first time approvals right uh, similarly on the safety side it's a hugely manual process right uh, and uh, they're prone for uh, errors which is a big problem so can you use technology and medical expertise uh, to finally do proactive and predictive risk management right which is very effective for patients but also do it much more efficiently right uh, with very less manual intervention using things like ai nlp so uh, what we started off what we are doing today uh, is not very different it's just the, uh, from a concept perspective it's just the level of sophistication and scale uh has increased many fold driven by the fact that you know what we are serving the largest plan companies on the planet today uh in multiple markets and technology clearly has uh, come a long way does it answer your question yeah yeah sure um so uh, uh obviously uh covid would have changed a lot of things uh for you um so can you give us a sense of uh what the pandemic did to your operations uh, in terms of the demand for your services and so on so so hari uh, the way i uh, said uh, uh covid uh, really accelerated a lot of things for us right uh, if somebody was would asking me that what do you see as the biggest bottleneck for your growth my uh, answer typically always was that the adoption of digital and technology in the life science industry it's a slow industry to adopt these kind of changes on one hand it's a very innovative industry right it's uh, 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 always innovating to bring uh, life saving therapeutics to the market and you can't do it without innovation but then when it comes to commercializing the product right from clinical trials to commercialization right it's a very conservative industry and we can understand the reasons for that it's hugely regulated you're dealing with the patient life right uh, uh, over here so uh, so it's slow but the benefits of digital and technology were so obvious right uh, in terms of uh, how you could cut down psych, uh, your cost for sales and marketing while delivering better customer experience for your uh, physicians and uh, patients reducing cycle times uh, for submissions right and you bringing drive saving therapeutics to the market earlier and i can go on and on right on the, the benefits uh, side but given the industry was slow now what covid did is uh, that uh, you don't have an option right uh, you just had to adopt digital as the only way 
to do things whether it's on sales and marketing on one hand right where any physician are meeting the mayor reps or uh, field uh, uh, staff so you need to adopt uh, digital much uh, faster similarly uh, things like clinical trials right outside of covid drugs every clinical trial for the first few months uh, was getting slowed down because uh, the clinical trial recruitment was getting slowed down guess what when uh, covid is uh, happening it's not that the other diseases have got dormant right they still are there and uh, need uh, solutions so every uh, uh, across the board company said you know what we just have to adopt digital much faster right uh, right now so what could have probably be done in a decade got pulled to 2 3 year time frame uh, from acceleration uh, uh, perspective and that's probably true for many industries it happened in our industry as well the difference in our industry is that uh, it's still risk averse right you just can't uh, you need to understand the compliance the legal issues right the medical issues people to do this uh, stuff which doesn't come easily right so that was a, a bit of a difference so uh, given this acceleration uh, we uh, have uh, as i said uh, uh, by the time uh, covid hit uh, what we closed on 31st march from a revenue perspective uh, we would be close to 2.4 2.25 to 2.5 times of that by the time we close uh, 22 23 sorry i'm sorry 22 so two year time frame you would have more than uh, doubled uh, our revenues headcount uh, uh, everything so that is from uh, uh, fiscal year that ended 2020 march to fiscal year that's going to end 2022 march correct correct yeah uh, okay and uh, uh, can you give us a couple of uh, specific examples uh, in terms of what indigene did uh, for for its customers uh in the context of uh, covid i mean i know you cannot give us names and uh, very specific things would be confidential but uh, e- even in generic terms uh, can you tell us how you helped uh, your biggest customers uh, develop vaccines or other medicines uh, against the coronavirus so here i'll give you class examples in and cutting across the value chain right uh, there are two uh, of our existing customers Uh, who have been working with us for one of them has been working with us for 11 years other has been working with us for probably 6 7 years both of them are top 10 global pharma companies right uh, and by the way both of them had vaccine candidates uh, and uh, uh, they uh, when covid hit one of the biggest challenges is globally uh, they realized they can't communicate with physicians right uh, because or or it was difficult to communicate with physicians they were doing digital work right uh, and that's what we were doing for them for uh, so many uh, years but it was still small portion of their uh, interactions these companies pretty much uh, said that uh, we got to ramp up very quickly right uh, and increase the proportion of uh, digital work multiple channels right uh, taking a omni channel approach which means that you know what on one hand we can we have to enable our reps to do remote interactions we have to reach out to them in emails we have to push up our websites i can go on and on and this these things could be different in different countries right in china it could be wechat uh, messages uh, getting integrated and other geographies it might some something else so we got to ramp this up uh, very uh, significantly so in a time when we were ourselves working from home making that shift you had to deal with this uh, uh, clear surge in demand right uh, and uh, complexity because all channels getting activated in 30 40 in some cases 50 countries right because most of our global engagements are global in nature that we're doing all this stuff for large pharma companies across uh, the world right uh, we had to enable that and uh, we could very successfully enable uh, uh, these uh, changes some of our customers right uh, just said you know what the way we are doing things are 
I'm, I'm still sticking on the commercial side. I'm still very tactical, right? Uh, I'm developing uh, uh, content uh, with one company uh, and probably, you know what, uh, Europe is using somebody else, US is using somebody, uh, somebody else and it's hugely ineffective, right? And it's slowing down the process. So can we bring global content, global campaigns, analytics, all this stuff together to truly drive good, dig uh, excellent digital uh, customer experience, right? Uh, for our customers, which is patients and uh, physicians. So we put that together for them in pretty much a record time, right? And I'm, and I'm talking about 10 for 15, top 10, 15 pharma companies, which anyway are slightly slow to move, but we could enable a lot of this uh, stuff uh, for them. Another example of a company which uh, uh, is uh, again in this uh, uh, space, uh, they had uh, a drug vaccine, which uh, obviously had uh, uh, safety reporting had to be done, uh, right? For, for every drug, safety reporting has to be done, right? There's a huge process behind that. Uh, and FDA filings have to be done around uh, that piece. But the, the cases were quite high, right? Uh, and the, the uh, existing manual processes uh, were just breaking down. Okay, and uh, you just couldn't scale those uh, manual processes, which have been, I would say, archaic for a long period of time. Indigen had invested in a technology, which is uh, NLP-based a uh, few years back, to really uh, take out a lot of the manual processing and make it 60% efficient, right? Uh, so we deployed that for a company. Similarly, there is a company which had some drugs for COVID, uh, but uh, they were not able to do clinical trials fast. Finding patients, retain those patients for doing the trials, this is in the United States. So we could, uh, we deployed multiple digital uh, techniques, right? Uh, to accelerate uh, patient, uh, first of all, recruitment, and uh, then uh, patient engagement during the whole uh, process to make sure that the patients don't drop off, we collect the data effectively, can drive effectiveness in the whole trial uh, process. So here are some examples, right? Which cut across many uh, uh, areas and I can go on and on. Hmm. Uh in the context of uh, these uh, collaborations with your customers, uh, while trying to uh, learn a bit about uh, Indigene uh, ahead of this interview, I came across this uh, uh, news that a few years ago, you collaborated with uh, Pfizer, Google and Microsoft to look at uh, what AI could do in your areas of interest. Can you give us an update on this? So one of the things we took a call as a company uh, couple of years back and still abide by that is that uh, there is uh, there are pharma companies which are obviously trying to solve a problem and our strength as indigene is that we don't unlike large IT companies or like our companies we don't start with here are the 10 uh, issues I have or 10 technologies I have now how can I sell that more right uh, we are domain specialists so we actually can uh, understand our clients' problems, right? Uh, the problems that they need to solve and work backwards uh, from that, right? So I gave you some examples uh, that how do we uh, bring the down the sales and marketing costs, how do we, while uh, preserving uh, or uh, increasing customer experience, how do we reduce the cycle time for submissions, right? A bunch of things like that. Now in that context, uh, we said what we would do is uh, that uh, we even have the expertise and the capabilities from a, a people perspective, uh, but when we are thinking about tech, we don't have to uh, uh, rediscover uh, everything, right? Uh, over here, there are there is a lot of work happening on the tech uh, side, and there are a lot of horizontal companies like Microsoft, Google, Amazon, who are doing some uh, wonderful work. So we will partner as far as uh, for, uh, uh, possible, see what is already available, right? And 
if that is uh, whatever is available is good enough then we will take that and make it fit for purpose for a particular use case in the life science industry now we hardly see anything which is you know what you take this and uh, try to uh, uh, apply it the way it is it needs to be customized it needs to be rejigged uh, to to make it uh, real for the life science industry in many cases right what also happens is that the horizontal people don't have something which is holistic right uh, so while you can rejig some of their platform uh, to make it uh, useful but you need to have two more components which ne will need to be uh, used right uh, to make uh, it really relevant for pharma industry so that's a broad broad approach we uh, as a strategy decided to do that we will use all the horizontal people right make their what they have in in, in partnership with them more relevant to the life science industry and wherever pieces have to be built to make these horizontal or uh, these fit for purpose technologies more effective to deliver real value we'll build that from scratch right uh, so and uh, we follow that across the uh, cycle uh, and this is an example which you're talking about uh, will be one of those kind of examples can you uh, give us uh, a specific example of uh, the kind of solutions uh, that you've been able to develop So I'll, uh, let's just take. Uh, I, I, told, I spoke to you about case processing, right? Uh, now, if you take uh, case uh, processing on the safety uh, side, right? Uh, right now, what happens is there is a hugely manual process that a, a, a safety event comes, email, uh, social media, fax, call, whatever it is, right? It gets recorded, uh, and uh, then once it is recorded, that itself is a process which is really archaic and cumbersome and prone to errors. But leave that for the time being. Once that is recorded, that needs to be processed in FDA for submitted forms and stuff like that, right? Uh, that whole thing is case processing, hugely manual uh, process right now. Pretty much all manual, prone to error. You will have thousands of people working on that. And we said, you know what? In today's world of uh, AI and LP, why should be this done? So we uh, went ahead and uh, built uh, our own uh, engine to do this. Now here is an example of uh, now we are not going to be the guys who are going to develop the best NLP engine, right? Those NLP engines exist. uh from uh, some of these big people so we'll take that but then there's huge amount of nuance required to make that uh, relevant in terms of life science uh, industry right uh, in some cases first of all the training itself right of training data sets how do you find and uh, in medical there are uh, huge uh, uh, issues uh, around uh, the nuances which could be uh, there right and finally you have to submit this to fda so you can't have uh, errors right uh, so uh, this is a classic example where we build something in this case we had to use the nlp engine existing one make it relevant and build two three other tools around it right to drive uh, uh, real uh, uh, effectiveness right similarly uh, another example of uh, a place where uh, when commercial digital assets are built right uh, what happens is uh, that uh, you develop let's say uh, I'm just making uh, this up. Uh, iPad detail, right? A detailed 80 page, which could be used to detail to physicians uh, by a rep, right, on their uh, iPad. Now, what pharma companies would do is that if they have to develop a website, email, right, a bunch of other digital tools, they would develop all this from scratch, right, and uh, deploy very expensive agencies to do that. We could use computer vision, NLP, right, bunch of other uh, technologies uh, to first of all develop content. Uh, what we call modular content right uh, much more uh, effectively and uh, then based on what the end outcome is how you want to deploy that right reassemble the the pieces of content uh, 
which are contents which are context uh, specific uh, then right uh, again in cases like this there are some pre existing technologies horizontal technologies which have to make fit for purpose which is what we do but then we have a lot of pieces which are proprietary to us right uh, which we have built which work with these horizontal things to drive the uh, end uh, uh, benefit uh, if you throw the story forward uh, you know taking into account uh, accelerated development in uh, ai and uh, related technologies maybe even quantum computing uh, five years down the line uh, can you sort of talk about uh, i don't know an informed uh, uh, guess in terms of the kind of capabilities solutions that indigene will be able to offer its customers so that's a uh, great uh, uh, question and i'm always worried about uh, uh forecasting right uh, because most of the time uh, you end up uh, being surprised on both sides by the way sometimes pleasantly sometimes uh, uh not uh, so uh, uh, pleasantly but uh, here is our uh, take on this we believe that uh, uh, digital ai is there to stay in the pharma industry now right uh, and uh, while the industry has been slow uh, it, it's uh, there are few things which have uh, which are happening which are more industry specific and go beyond ai and nlp right uh, and a lot of people are missing this whole uh, story now what do you see today of all these new technologies mrna dna technologies right all uh, gene therapies bunch of things uh, coming in this these are not things which just emerged because of covid right uh, somewhere in 2010 uh, period when the patent uh, uh, were expiring for a bunch of very large Uh, uh products like uh, like lipitor restor what are those kind of multi billion dollar products which were uh, more i would say mass market right uh, uh over here uh pharma companies after obviously getting hit started realizing that you know what the unmet medical needs are in specialized areas right uh, solving unmet uh, needs in specialized areas oncology right bunch of other things like that right where the patient uh, pool might be smaller but you are truly moving towards more uh, personalized medicine has been has been spoken about for decades now right that's the holy grail but industry started moving in that direction right uh, and after a drought of new approvals from fda uh, where the number of new approvals new molecular entities were going down for some period of time right uh, if you see now innovation again has picked up with new uh, products approval biotechs coming in right with new products all that uh innovation uh, is uh, very active in the industry uh today and the, what we could do in covid was it uh, so fast right uh, was at one level a culmination of all this work which has been going on for a decade now if you think about it all this stuff will require on one hand uh much more uh, um, personalized uh, uh, uh care right uh, across the board whether it's commercial medical regulatory safety uh and uh, will have to be built on a bedrock of strong data ai digital right uh, so that's going to happen the other thing which is uh, going to happen in the pharma industry is that uh, we could get a vaccine in one year time frame right uh, i'm pretty sure everyone uh, is going to ask that then why should it take 7 8 10 years for other such important therapies why can't we cut the cycle time for those as well right uh, and that's one thing as indigen we have been trying to work uh, on the uh, over here using real world data real world evidence and bunch of other things right can we cut down the cycle time of uh, uh, drugs that's a question is going to get asked much more uh, 
I would say loudly, right, uh, and much more right now uh, in the industry, and there will be more demand to figure out ways to cut uh, the cycle time. To that extent, any computational technology, whether it's digital AI, content computing, whatever you spoke about, and new things which might emerge, right, uh, will be adopted. Companies are okay to experiment right now. That's a big change we are seeing, right? Uh, that more and more in some of the novel initiatives, right? Companies are saying, "Listen, we understand that it's going to take some time, but let's partner on this together, right?" Uh, over here, we are not coming in an evaluation mode. We are coming more from a partnership uh, mode, understanding some things will fail. But here is finally the outcome we want to drive, which is great, right? Uh, and you see more and more of those experimentation uh, happening, right? Uh, to adopt uh, some of these technologies you spoke about and new ones which will emerge, right? Uh, over the next uh, few years to drive this outcome of driving driving more customer better customer experience, lower sales and marketing costs, reducing the submission times, reducing the cost and time taken to, for clinical trials, right? Driving more personalized care and medicine. Uh, so a lot of those things will get accelerated over the next uh, five years. I think that's an unstoppable trend. Hmm. So some of these comments uh, also, to, to my mind, uh, set up nicely the big picture context uh, in in the backdrop of which you know Indigene and you and all of you would be looking at your own strategic growth. And uh, I mean, barring the two earlier small rounds of funding, your latest round of funding is your most significant one, uh, $200 million, which, as I understand, also includes uh, a good chunk of primary investment. So uh, how are you looking to use this money? Sure. So, Hari, we, we believe uh, that what we are trying to do is uh, build, at least over the next, uh, I would say, three to five years, uh, end-to-end right, uh, life sciences commercialization company, a company which, after the product has been developed, can help the life science industry, whether it's big pharma, biotechs, right, uh, devices, through the whole trial process, process till commercialization and within commercialization also launch growth and uh, maturity product. But uh, this end-to-end uh, uh, -end commercialization company which we're trying to build is uh, going to be digital first, right, uh, and uh, analytics uh, driven. That's the broad approach uh, we are uh, taking. That's what is our vision. 20 years back, 10 years back, when we put a lot of investments, that's what we are trying to do uh, today. In that context, I think we have done some uh, work in developing technologies, developing uh, capabilities in a very significant way, right? We feel very good about where we stand today on those kind of things. We believe we can accelerate our market presence, market share, and some of these experiments really, uh, uh, or these technologies coming to life to deliver better uh, experience for our pharma customers and most importantly for patients, right? Uh, very uh, uh, quickly. And in that context, we are looking at acquisitions. We are a profitable company, right? Uh, we have always been a profitable uh, company. Uh, as I said, that even these six, seven acquisitions we did, all that was from internal accruals. We never had to this uh, capital. The, right now, also, we don't need capital for, we generate enough uh, cash, right? Uh, so using our internal cash, some of the cash we have raised right now, we'll be looking at MA to accelerate. Uh, some of our uh, build out, uh, uh, we, which we anyway would have to be doing to fulfill this vision. Uh, briefly, can you give us a sense of the kind of companies that you would like to acquire? So we are looking at companies in the safety space, regulatory space, right? Uh, which already might be working with uh, com uh, with the life science uh, industry at some bit of scale, because we believe we can bring our existing technology 
and uh, radically transform the outcomes they are delivering uh, for their uh, customers right so that's one uh, broad area we are uh, looking at we are very strong on commercial uh, com- the whole commercial piece right now uh, i would say that i think we are the world leaders in that uh, space but there are some pieces here or there right which we are trying to strengthen for example market access pricing right a uh, few other very niche uh, areas uh, like uh, that we are also thinking about geographical expansion right uh, because uh, uh, while we are present in many parts of the world there are some other parts uh, we might have to establish uh, uh, presence actually we will have to establish presence and the question is do we do it through acquisition or uh, uh, organic uh, stuff if we find something interesting uh, which can accelerate the build out uh, as an acquisition we'll do that as well Hmm. Which, which are, I, I would imagine some of these would be emerging markets where you want to expand your presence into. Yeah, things like Eastern Europe, right? Uh, Latin, those are places where we don't have a lot of emerging markets. We already have presence, uh, but uh, in uh, places like Eastern Europe uh, and uh, Latin is pla- are places where we don't have uh, presence uh, today. So we are thinking that's why we are evaluating build or buy. Hmm. I have to ask. I mean, in the context of how these days. even many loss making companies uh, on the back of uh, big investments from investors are looking at ipos what is your own philosophy on this front what are your plans so w- one of the reasons we did this round uh, we, we, as i said we did not need capital we uh, definitely re- uh, uh, wanted to stay private for some more time right today we have the scale to do ipo either in india or us Uh, right, uh, and I reckon, given our uh, financial profile in the space we operate in, it's going to be a well-accepted IPO. Uh, but we believe, given the changes which are happening in the market right now, it's good to be private for some more time at least, right? Uh, and that's one of the reasons we did this uh, round right now. So there is, uh, uh, we could stay private, stay very nimble, focused on delivering uh, customer value right now, right, rather than getting distracted on. Uh, uh really the financial uh, market but at some point in time we will probably consider the ipo but uh, for the time being at least uh, uh we want to stay focused on getting market share building value which could uh, uh, be sustained over if not decades at least a decade and we think that opportunity lies in front of us okay excellent uh insightful uh, conversation uh, manish thank you again for making time for us Thank, thank you, Hari. Uh, really enjoyed uh, the discussion with you. Thanks for your time as well. That was Manish Gupta, CEO of Indigen. That's it for this special briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arkeli. Thank you for listening.